Hello and welcome to another episode of the By Your Side podcast, the property podcast to help you make smarter property buying decisions. My name is Michelle May and I am the principal of Michelle May Buyers Agents. Thank you for joining me today. I want to talk to you about making an offer prior to auction. A lot of properties here around Sydney, the vast majority of time, get sold through the auction process. And quite a few people have contacted me over the past number of years and then also more recently about wanting to make an offer prior and if I could help them with that. I think it's really important to not go in this with feet first. And I want to talk you through the best way forward with making an offer prior to auction and the things you need to consider before making the decision to do so. I think the first thing that people really don't think about enough is actually why do you think you want to make an offer prior to auction? When I ask that question, people are mostly surprised because they haven't really thought about it that much. They just know that they want to, but haven't really considered the reasons why. And I think that is very important to start first and foremost with what is your motivation? What are you trying to get out of it? Other than obviously securing the property. Quite often, I get the answer that they're scared to go to auction. And that's quite understandable because auctions are intimidating situations to be in. Even me going to auction as a professional, my heart rate still goes up. There's a lot of pressure on me to obviously secure the property for people, but I, I can feel the tension in the air. And it's not unusual in a hot market for there to be a throng of people. Having 10 or more registered bidders at an auction is not an uncommon occurrence in a hot market and when a property is very popular. Add to that, potentially having your friends or your family, mom and dad there, tensions are rising, nervous energy, having neighbors come and have a look. So usually there's a crowd of people, it gets done in a public place. So I understand the sweaty palms 100%, but is that the right reason to make an offer prior to auction just to avoid that situation? Because what you need to consider is that, sure, it's a nerve-wracking situation, but if it's the best way to get your result, the result that you want, i.e. to buy the property, then it may be the situation that you need to be in. So if it is just the situation of, I don't want to bid auction, I've never done it, I don't want to be pushed around by the agents coming around to me saying, hey, well, how about a little bit more, a little bit more, then consider farming out the actual bidding to auction. So someone like myself, make sure that you have a real strategy in place, understanding your limit, do not sway from your limit, all those things that I've talked about before. Another reason why people want to avoid auction is to avoid that competition and somehow get a better deal. In theory, that could be possible because a lot of people, when it's an auction campaign, will wait until the last two weeks or even the week prior to the auction date to get their affairs in order. Maybe they haven't even got peer approval yet, so it'll take that until the very last minute to get that in place. So yes, by making an offer prior, you could potentially cut out a portion of the competition and that may result in a better price. But it's not necessarily the case because of the way that offers are dealt with prior to auction with the agents. And I'll go through that in in just a second. So understanding your motivations is for me, very important part of why it is or is not a good idea to make an offer prior to auction. I really think it's important to understand that in real estate, it comes down to a lot of its strategy and playing chess with the people involved, the different parties involved, understanding who's involved, really considering all the 
options all the way forwards and their possible outcomes is the best way to get a positive result or the best possible outcome. Sometimes, even though we play the game to the best of our abilities and having considered all the different outcomes, we still sometimes don't have a successful outcome for our clients. But at least we've looked at all the options and gone, okay, this is the way to go forward. If someone ends up paying more, then so be it. But at least you've considered it. By going in blind effectively, your chances of success are much smaller. So going to stage two then, this is where you understand everyone else involved in the process. So understanding the vendor situation and their motivations is crucial in understanding. And let me put it out there that unless I have an 80% or more conviction that I will get the deal across the line for my clients by making an offer prior to auction instead of going to auction, I do not make an offer. Okay, so you've got to be really confident in your position before you make the offer. So going back, understanding the vendor situation and motivation is incredibly important because ultimately, yes, they have the property for sale. We're assuming that they want to sell it, but that's not always the case. Sometimes it's people who are tire kickers and they don't sell unless they get their dream price, which in some markets work. 2021, prime example, prices were going up, up, and everything was selling for nuts amounts. And there were a lot of people there that were chancing it. They'll go, okay, yeah, I'll put it on the market if I get 2.3 for a house that was worth no more than 2.1, for example. So how motivated are the vendors? How many vendors are there actually? Is it a couple? And why are they moving? Why are they selling? Is it because they've outgrown their current house, uh, their current apartment, and they're trying to buy a house because they've got children? Are they moving to a different state? Uh, have they got a different job? Have they already bought elsewhere? Because if people have already bought, then they're going to be highly motivated to sell and potentially more motivated to sell it prior to auction, to lock it in. Okay. But if it's a couple and they're about to get divorced, I can tell you there is a much likely chance of them accepting an offer prior because people get divorced for a reason and they're not always amicable, let me put it that way. And so therefore, there may be disagreement in accepting an offer. And also the agent has to deal with people not potentially being on the same at the same table even. I've had incidences where the agent had the man, the husband and wife, they wouldn't even be in the room together. So he was like the mediator in the whole process. So it was like, this is such a bad relationship. This is obviously, you know, clearly the, the best thing for them is to get divorced. <laughs> but also the clearly the best thing for you as a buyer is to wait for auction day, because that's when the hammer falls. They have to sell because they want to get on with their lives. And whatever stands on the day is the result that they will accept. Uh, most likely there's always variations to the rule, but by and large, that is what I would recommend if they're divorcing, probably best waiting until auction. Then there's, for example, the situation when it's a deceased estate. So mom or dad or both pass away or they move into a retirement village and there are family members involved. So the person may still be alive. They may, be, they may have passed away. Whatever the case may be, they may not be the only or primary decision maker. Now, in my experience, when it comes to deceased estates or when the family member is about to go into a retirement village, they need funds for that. But also when it's more than one sibling or cousin or auntie or whatever the case may be, whoever or executor of the estate with people who they're responsible to 
it is very highly likely that the property has to go to auction because it is incredibly difficult to get siblings on one page, particularly when there's quite possibly a, a fair bit of money involved. Money can do strange things to people. And even if it's just two beneficiaries, there's a 50% chance like that one will agree and the other one won't. And so that leaves you with an offer not being accepted. And I'll talk about what the consequences of that will be. So understand very clearly from the agent who are your vendors, who are you dealing with, and what is their motivation to actually get a deal across the line, okay? Then you're dealing with the agent, him or herself. How on board are they with you making an offer prior and why are they or why are they not? It is a fact that some agents have, actually the vast majority of agents have a repetitive way of doing business. So, you know, I deal with hundreds of different agents in the areas that I work in, the inner west and eastern suburbs and bayside of Sydney. And I know that some agents literally can't do a deal to save themselves. Like they're like, Michelle, no, I'm not accepting any office products. I just don't want to hassle I don't want anybody being mad at me, which invariably, depending on how they handle offers prior, which I'll talk about in a second, may well be the case. Because I think traditionally, real estate agents do, they are not a, much of a trusted profession. So that there's a lot of distrust with agents and there's reason why you should go in with a healthy dose of cynicism. However, agents are, by and large are just trying to do their job as well. So some agents just choose never to, if they've got an auction campaign, that's what they're doing. Come hell or high water, no matter what the situation is, they're selling it on auction day and that's it. And other agents love doing deals, like they're volume agents, they love just go, they're not really searching for that top, the last 10% to get the best possible deal for their vendors, because really in real terms, it's not going to make much difference to their commission, so they don't really fight for it. So if an offer presents itself, particularly if it comes nicely, package like we like to do as buyers agents. We make it as easy as possible for the agent to accept it and therefore almost, I want to say, convince the vendor to accept it, then that's great for us. But it's really, for you as a buyer, it's really important to understand that if an agent is telling you, listen, it's a deceased estate, it's got to run to auction, listen to them because they're actually just trying to guide you because if you do make an offer, then that's actually going to be a huge disadvantage for you. Then it's really under, important to also understand the quality of the property. So the quality of the property goes hand in hand with the other buyer interest and then the market. So these are in, intrinsically linked together because what you've got to do is just take a step back, look at you, just take a step back from your brief and how well this property matches your needs, like how much you want it. Take a step back and actually look at how good is this property in, in the cold light of day? Like, is it, do you just love it because it's the only thing you can afford or you've been looking for six or 12 months and you're just over it and that's why you're buying it and really at the open for inspections so there's been nobody or has it been the type of property where you've been queuing every time you've come to have a look at it because there's been so many people and it's a really cute property, it photographs really well and so when you come in, it's actually even better. How good is this property really? Because that will give you an understanding also on how to play this moving forward. Because you can imagine if the agents are in an okay position, it's not a distress sale, for example, of which, by the way, I haven't seen that many other than in investor-owned properties. So again, understanding who the owners is very important. But say the vendors are a okay, they're just selling because they're taking the next step phase in their life. And 
buyer demand, like buyers at the inspections have been, you've been elbow to elbow, basically. This is going to be a hot property. Understand that if it, this is a good agent, they're not going to want to take offers prior. They want to have that action at the auction because they know that people are going to get emotionally involved, potentially depending on the type of property, maybe the bank of mom and dad will get involved, which is great for them. If they're in a bigger agency, they'll get their colleague agents to stand in the crowd and do some buyer, like whisper in your ears, are you sure you're going to let it go for a thousand bucks, blah, blah, blah. This is, these are the type of frenzies auctions that agents want because also don't forget a lot of them get done in a very public domain, like in the front garden or on the, in the street. So a lot of neighbors will show up, just people who are interested in the market. So it's a marketing tool for them as well, right? By taking an offer prior, they're missing out on that piece of action for potentially getting next listings too. Now, you know that I always make this joke, but it's pretty stressful, really. If the domain coffee cart shows up at the auction, you know you're in trouble because the domain, the real estate uh, website, domain.com.au, if they show up with their free coffee cart or the agent has alerted for a coffee van to show up, you're in trouble because that means that they're expecting a hot auction. If you see a photographer or journos, you'll know it's probably going to be a hot auction. Okay. So understanding the level of interest in the property, the quality of the property, understanding the market, what time of year is it? Is there lots of people out? Is there little stock? How long have you been looking? Is this the first time that this has matched your brief? And highly likely that there's other people like exactly in your situation who are thinking exactly the same. So you've got to be honest with yourself here and listen to the answers to your own questions, okay? And listen to what the agent's telling you. Ask the questions. So you've asked all this, you've been honest with yourself and you're thinking, mm, I'm still convinced that I'm going to get a good deal. I'm going to have a higher chance of success if I make an offer prior to auction than running it to auction. Okay, fair enough. Then it doesn't end there because then you need to understand the agent's process. What happens after you've put an offer in to them and how do they want to receive it? So first of all, you've had the conversation. And by the way, you do not talk about money or your what you're going to offer. You can talk about money with the agent and go, hey, so what's the, the closest comparable that you're you know, judging this property by? And they might say, oh, this other apartment across the hallway sold for 800K. That had a better kitchen but this one has a, a North aspect. I'm thinking it's probably, and it sold like a month ago. So that's probably where we're pitching it. I think that's probably fair. You got to understand where the agent is thinking, what money, don't talk about what you're prepared to pay. Just let them do the talking about, and then you could potentially throw in there, look, and what would be the, what would be the vendor's dream price? Because you'd be surprised. Sometimes it's under what you're prepared to pay. And then you say, has anyone else made an offer? Do you, would you be open to offers? If the answers are all positive, then you need to understand the agent's process moving forward. So you say to them, literally, if I were to make an offer prior, what are you going to do next? Okay. Tell me what you need from me and what are you going to do with the other buyers? So traditionally, agents should contact all contract holders. Okay. Not just everybody's willy-nilly being through the opens because that could be everybody and their grandmother and the hairdresser from up the road. They only talk to the ones that have requested a contract. Those are potentially the more viable competitors in your process. Less so than in the olden days 
now it's probably more the people who've like respect requested a building and pest or have gone through the effort of paying for the strata or downloading the strata. That's probably more the viable, true interested parties or people who've made contract change requests. But typically they would contact all contract holders to do the right thing. But you need to understand what are they going to say to them? Will they actually disclose the amount that has been offered? Will they do a ring around until basically there's the last man standing? And will they disclose the amount every single time? So that's what they call a Dutch auction or otherwise known as the auction before the auction. So that is as transparent as it'll be. And you then have to trust that process to a certain degree because, you know, how much of that is the agent whipping up imaginary other offers or not? Don't forget that if an agent were to do that, which is obviously illegal, but if they were to do that, it's a very risky business because if they say, oh, I've now got an offer, you say you made an offer of 800, I've now got an offer of 810 and you go, oh, sorry, that's it. If that 810 was made up, then they've got nothing because then they've got to go back to you and say, oh yeah, they didn't come good. Mm, and then they're, they're going to try and whip you up to 810. Uh, so you've got to decide whether this is the way you want to play it. The other option typically is sealed bids. And this is your best and final scenario. Now, this is where the agent will set a deadline at which point, you know, you typically would come in with a sealed envelope with your offer on, in the olden days, on a signed contract uh, or in an email or whatever the case may be. Just understand what it is that they're dictating. This, to me, is far less desirable than actually going to auction where you're eyeballing everyone, you're not take, being taken for a ride, and you're not overpaying significantly. And what do I mean by that? With the sealed bid situation, you really are flying blind. You're given no guidance. You have no idea how many other people are there putting in an offer. You don't know what your, the nearest offer is to yours. So you could literally be overpaying by a hundred grand or more. Uh, I was reading an article the other day where an agent was gloating about the fact that they had done the sealed bids and the difference between the underbidder and the bidder, the one who won it was $120,000 on a $2 million property. So do you want to be that guy? Because I'd rather go to auction, no matter how nerve-wracking they are, or pay someone to go to auction for me. Best and final. I have to say that I have also won sealed bids by $50, 50 sorry, 50 pounds in the UK it was, because I made a clever, I put something clever on the contract. But that's a very, <laughs> it's a very risky move, and I wouldn't recommend it if you haven't done it before. And that also requires a very good relationship with an agent and then potentially guiding you as to what to put on the contracts. This is where you get upset other buyers when they miss out. And also, I imagine you would be very upset if that were to happen to you. So it's a very risky process. You could miss it. You could miss it by literally $1,000 or you could win it by 50 or you could actually overpay by a significant amount of money and then will the valuation come in at the price that you've actually been prepared to pay and put in writing? Because that's also the thing. Quite often, when someone goes, when when a property goes to auction and you buy it at auction, the valuation is, the, the auction result, I should say, is taken as gospel by the valuers. So they'll go, that was the price on the day, that's market condition, so therefore we sign off on that. Obviously, depending on your LVR. But 
in a private treaty situation, because that's what it then becomes prior to auction, unless you add a 66W to your contract, which most agents would require from you because they're cutting short an auction campaign, still, it's still not the same as selling at auction. There is a higher risk there when it comes to the valuation, particularly in my opinion, when you don't really know where you're going with your bid. So, however, if you still have an appetite to put in an offer prior and you you understand fully what the agent is doing, you then need to then get to a point where you need to start talking money and how quickly that process will be as well. So that's at that only at that point after you've had all these conversations can you go listen. Now, I always pretend that I haven't had this conversation with my agents, with my clients yet, or with my partner yet, or it's like, if I were to put this on a contract, what, if I may, if I were to put this offer on the table, what do you think your vendors would say? Where do you think the other buyers would be at in terms of money? Have, what have they missed out on before? How far, how high did they go to before? You can ask these questions. The agent may not know. They may not answer your question, but still it's worth asking. And then see how they react to that, okay? So I would really proceed with caution and really take it one step at a time, ask those questions, understanding everyone's motivation, understanding your own motivation, and then go from there. Again, if you are not supremely confident that you are actually going to close the deal, here is a very big reason not to make an offer prior to auction. And that is if your offer in writing gets rejected, That means that you have pretty much alerted all the other buyers out there how much you were prepared to go to, and that is how much the agent will have to change the price guide, okay? Because the Office of Fair Trading here in New South Wales stipulates that if an offer gets rejected, that is now the new price guide, okay? So you would have seen that online where all of a sudden the price guide is updated, I have to say that sometimes that doesn't get done and it's just the agent will go, oh, it's just a verbal offer. And that's why it doesn't get updated. They want it in writing, in official writing. But anyway, they should be updating the buyers that an offer has been made and it was rejected. Now, in the situation where there's a bit of underquoting going on and you have just made a, a, a decent offer, that alerts a lot of buyers as to A, it was underquoted, but B, that's close to where I was. Do you know what I mean? So it doesn't leave you with a lot of firing power on the day. You've just alerted everyone. I know what it's worth or close to what it's worth. And so everyone else will know too. I don't think that's the best way forward. I think you're much better off holding your cards close to your chest and making an opening offer, a really strong opening offer on auction day. Okay. And then you haven't, you, and you've been prepared to do. Okay. So I hope this gives you a bit of an insight of what goes into our process before we make an offer prior. It's not just uh, forcing an agent or a vendor to accept the offer or taking advantage. And I, I hear all these words from people when they contact me or saying, this is what I want. But without truly understanding what the other side wants, you're not going to get a, a fruitful outcome. So tread carefully. These, I think, would be helpful pointers for you to at least get started. And if you then find that you're better off going to auction, then listen to some of my episodes about going to auction, how to prepare for that, because it's not just about who's got the deepest pockets. There's a strategy involved there as well. 
And if you're feeling just scared to go, which is totally understandable, reach out to someone like me. This is what we do for a living. And I know that I've scared off quite a few other buyers by going to auction. So there is definitely strategy involved there as well. So anyway, I hope that has been helpful. So if you want to make an offer prior to auction, think about these things to do first. And if you've got any questions, by all means, get in touch. Hello at buyyourside.com.au. I'm also on TikTok and uh, on Instagram. Thank you for listening and until next time. 